What's up, guys? Welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. Today, we are here with Dan Summer, a.k.a. Danger Dan from the Hoonigan Channel. Uh, let's talk about that. So, Dan, what's your what's your backstory? So, you're with the Hoonigans. How did you end up in California? I ended up in California from working on Formula Drift teams. So, I started out working with uh, Andrew Gray, actually, years ago. Uh, when Andrew Gray came over from Japan, and, uh, he needed to finish up his JZX100. And um, I was working at a shop called Nocturnal Motorworks in St. Louis. And they called me up and said, hey, um, would you mind helping out uh, at a car in, uh, in California? We have two weeks left to finish this before the Formula Drift season. Would you mind coming out here and helping out? And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll do it. So I ran out and uh, helped out Andy Gray and moved moved all over with him, man. Moved to Japan with him, and then really? California. Wow. Yeah. So, so it, that is a weird is a weird. Like I almost have to preface this, right? Yeah. So we had a shop in St. Louis. My buddy Mike, called Nocturnal Motorworks, and um, we just kind of out of necessity, building our own cars and stuff like that. Uh, Met a whole bunch of different people, and my friend Andy, who works for, uh, well, he's worked with uh, Adam LZ and House Drift Team and stuff like that. He was the one that hooked me up with Andy Gray. He was like, who, who do you know that's, Andy was like, who do you know that's crazy enough to drop everything, come out here in two weeks and help us finish a drift car? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, he's like, hey, <laughs> so, so I did that, and my buddy Andy set me, set me up with Andy, which is ironically a little weird but but yeah that that was uh the beginning i guess of where i got out to california so it started in japan i guess fair enough so where are you from where 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 are you uh, andrew gray for the entire season of formula drift over here and i was his i helped finish the car i was his spotter then through uh, the rest of the season and then he asked me to come back to Japan and finish up spotting uh, for the series in Japan, which we won, by the way. Uh, and I stayed out there for four months with him, helping him build another car, the newer JZX100, for uh, Tokyo Auto Salon. Basically, it was my deadline, was Tokyo Auto Salon. And that's when I was going to leave and go home. But mm -hmm. when you're living at Ebisu Circuit, you kind of don't really want to go home. Right, <laughs> you are right, home. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, I've landed in the spot, the Mecca, you know, as a, as a shitty drift kid. Yeah. I've nailed it, right? I, I made it. And, so uh, how old are you at this at this point? So I, well, I, I'm 34 now. That was about four years ago. So I was, I was just like 30. When, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. So, and I've been drifting for a long time. I've been in the game for a long time, and I can attribute most of my stuff to the guys in the ATL-based stuff, which would be drift mechanics and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago when I started this stuff, and, and we had a shop in between then. Um, but it, it, it had been a while of me building crappy drift cars and, and going on many road trips and stuff like that before I finally got to go out with the big dumps, what I thought. Yeah. Once yeah. I the uh, Formula Drift teams and seeing those guys and how they operate, 
it's pretty cool. But making it to Japan was like a whole different level. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so where are you from? I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. So I'm a Midwest boy, and we didn't have too much going on in the ways of drifting when I first started. We had uh, Drift SDL, and that was kind of our our beginning. Of, dude, there was like ten, maybe twenty dudes, like, and that's it. And it was, it was very small. And the the first time I really remember seeing anybody else was when Andy Sapp came up. Um, I met Andy Sapp, Aaron Sanford, uh, a couple of those dudes. And, and they really changed my outlook on, on what was going on with drifting. You know, it was like... That's, I had a- that's wild, because today I ride mountain bikes with Aaron Sanford, like, multiple times a week. <laughs> dude, <laughs> that's, man. He's, yeah, dude. And he builds such cool st- he's just a cool dude regardless like he really is and you wouldn't expect that from him if you just kind of met him like off to the side he just seems like an average dude when really he's this like badass fabricator yeah. So, like, <laughs> but it's it's like the all the badass fabrication that he does it's like in his basement sort yeah. of yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what it's like a basement dude, <laughs> this it dude makes me sick <laughs> so, so to preface this, preface some of his builds. What's some of the stuff that he's done? Yeah, let's talk about Aaron Sanford. No. So, yeah, <laughs> so Aaron Sanford, like, when I first met him, it was one of the the first guys I had ever seen do an LS swap in the S13. Yeah. And I, I, had, I met Aaron while that transition was happening. So it, it was a long time ago. And the same with Forrest Lester. Like, I think... Both of those guys were kind of at a tie with that. So traction, after, uh, traction optional guy, Forrest Luster, they were both kind of doing the LS thing, and I had never seen anybody do that stuff before. Right. So that was the first car I really saw of Aaron. Uh, I, I, I know from the forums he had stuff before that, but when I first met him, that transition was going on, and that thing was monstrous. But uh, and he's so clean. He's such a good driver. Yeah. Like, like he's so chill, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I, blah, blah, blah. he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> really say, it, but he's so smooth and he's so chill, and his car is always really clean. But now that new K series, yeah, dude, yeah. And have you seen? I guess your your whatever Facebook friends or whatever. But the Mark II, the GTI that he's working on, that was my GTI. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, I got it for free uh, from some Georgia Tech kid that just hit every random curb and parking rail that he could have hit or whatever so i got it and me and my dad were like we're gonna make it mid-engine so we started cutting it up in my dad's basement and then you know i i got bored or whatever and um and ended up telling him he was looking for something i was like hell i got a mark ii gti you can have it he's like really <laughs> and so he came and got it and he's been working on that thing and now i don't know if you have you if you've seen that but he's putting a uh was it K24 Turbo, I think, making a rear-wheel drive Mark II? And he just mm-hmm. chips away at it, dude. Yeah. I would have I would have given up a long time ago. <laughs> I'm kind of the same way, but I'm not. You know, like, I get forced into all these crazy builds, especially being at Hoonigan. Yeah. All these things get drawn out on paper, but it's more like a, a napkin at a bar situation where you're like, I got an idea, man. It's like, <laughs> it's like when it comes to me, I'm like, who thought of this? So... <laughs> All right, because, like, this. take me through a day at Hoonigan. Like, what is that work environment like? How You know what I mean? Like, what the hell is it like working over there? It's it's hilarious is, is what it is. It's like, yeah. 
the idea is, you know, it's just like-minded guys, right? And then, uh, just like-minded company in general. Everybody that works there, we're, we're all friends. We're all tight with each other, and we all think about the same. It's it's just like if you had a, a hypothetical uh, a hypothetical conversation on a forum of like what you would dream build or what what guys meet you in the park. <laughs> You know when you go to a parking lot and some guy's like, man, I got this Civic that I want to do. I want to put an LS and I'm going to do this. And you're talking to this guy for like three hours. You're like, yeah. he's not going to do that. That, But we we do that then. That's what it's trickled down to. It's like you're talking because from us uh, owning a shop before, and my buddy still owns the shop that's operating, we had guys that would come in and talk to you all day long about what they want to do to this Kia Optima that they have, mm -hmm. like this he's not gonna do it. <laughs> Imagine if that dude showed up with thirty grand, and was like, "Hey, I want to put a two J in my Kia Optima." You're like, well, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like that, and uh, everybody's cool, everybody's chill, and we're we're all all, all over the place. So we sometimes rarely see each other. Yeah, yeah. I was about to think. I mean, you've got. I feel like the team is kind of like spread out and expanded. It really, so much and everybody's kind of like doing their own. And I, I'd say like we all live maybe within an hour of each other. Uh -huh. Yeah, but we never see each other. That's <laughs> so sad. It's and crazy. has it always been that way? Right? No, I well, kind of. Um, it depends on you know it, how things lay out. It was like somebody's busy doing this this weekend, and you're off somewhere else. It's like. Who do you get stacked with? Like, oh, I'm going out with Hurt this weekend, and we're going to go thrash somewhere, or I'm going with Zach to go jump some stuff. And you never know what you're going to get, but it's always kind of fun. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to divide and conquer, right? I mean, if you're going to come up with content the way you all do, shoot. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? It's every day, right? So, I mean, we're we're tackling everything we can. And, yeah. and that's what makes it fun, too, is, like, it doesn't get – boring because we get to explore everything we want to do it's like i i i'm a drifter from heart like that's just yeah, yeah. i come from right that's just what gravitated me to anything motorsport yeah and i i just love it and i live and breathe it and it hurt, hurts the same way but then we got road race guys we got off-road guys it's like that's not the only thing i want to do I, I don't only want to drift like i just appreciate cars and all of it i'll go yeah, rock yeah I'll go jump something. I want to go drag race. I don't care what it is. I just want to go fast and do stupid stuff. Hell like, yeah. So like, I just want to do hood rat yeah. shit with my hood rat friends. Exactly. Who, right. who, <laughs> who, like, who, who comes up with the, the ideas and then who foots the bill for it? You know what I mean? Like if you come in there and you're like, yo, I got an idea. I want to put a jet engine in a, you know, Corolla or whatever like that. Yeah. Like, is that something that you bring to the little drawing board and they go, that's good. It's kind of money hard. for a jet engine. Or are they like, yeah, we'll, we'll get this going, man. We'll get it funded and then we'll work with our partners or whatever. Like, how does that go? It's kind of all of us. So depending on what happens, you know, we'll just kind of bullshit between all of us. And like when I first started there, um, my first project was shark cart, which was the Miata. And they, they hated that car. Like they, they, none of them liked it. They're not, none of them are fans of Miatas. And they're like, we need to do something with this car. We were thinking about, you know, chopping it down and making it into something. I was like, oh, I, I, I could do that. 
I'm definitely into that. I love Miata. Like I, I'm a Miata fan. Yeah, I, so much fun. Like, and that, that's another argument that I would love to bring up sometime too. Is like, if you don't like a Miata, then you're wrong, because it's <laughs> fun, dude. It's the most fun car. It's just it's a go kart, and and if you can't have fun in it, then you don't enjoy cars. <laughs> like that's, I get that. And they're rear wheel drive. They're fun. They're well-balanced. and it makes you a better driver no matter what you're doing. Because yeah. you have to be quick. So anyway, my love for Miatas, we, that, that'll <laughs> But uh, to get back to that, we, that was my first project. So I was like, I'll cut this off. And the, I guess the way those guys knew me, Brian and Hurt, was I, I knew Hurt from all kinds of stuff before, drift mechanics and everything. Right. So we're always, and all that. Yeah, he was one of my best buds through all that stuff. Now, Brian knows me because... My buddy Mike and I at our shop, we built this thing called the Coyote, which was, uh, it's just a tube chassis based on an S chassis uh, with SR20, and, and that thing was route, right? So we built that, and I was like, that was the idea that popped in my head. I was like, all right, well, I'll just make that, but with a Miata. <laughs> so yeah, we just did that, and now that's become one of our most loved cars because it's reliable, it's light, it's fun, it's well-balanced, and it's... Yeah. The shreds to this day. It's almost 300 horsepower now. Jesus. No, nobody can argue that. It's like a lighter Miata with almost 300 horsepower. It's Jesus. still got the BP, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a one. Okay. It's a 1.8. Uh, the Kraftwerk supercharger on it. And oh really? I thought it was turbo. That's sick. It, it's it's supercharged, and uh, we put the supercharger on it and a Haltech uh, a 750 and E85, and then my buddy. Uh, Andrew at Animal Auto, he tuned it up for us and was like, dude, just add more power. And I was like, we got to stop sometime, right? Like, <laughs> is, it, like it, is it stock uh, internals? It's all stock, dude. I got to JDM of California, and I, I spoke to David about it, and he was like, yeah, I, I got a stock 1.8, JDM 1.8. And I was like, all right, cool, we'll, we'll take that. And uh, he dropped it off, and... We we just put way too much horsepower behind it, but it's lived through everything. Like I don't know if you guys have seen any of our burnyard footage or anything else. Like, oh yeah, shark cart will sit on limiter for like fifteen minutes at a time. Yeah, I've seen. tires. Just cranking out the engine's shaking, shit's flying everywhere, and we just shut it off. It's like a dirt bike. Like there's no. <laughs> you can't. Heat, nothing, right? There's there's three switches. You smack them all off when you're done, and you're like, forget about it. Put it away for a month. <laughs> and it fires up every time. So oh, man. it's become one of the favorites. And uh, that, that was the first project there. So that idea was kind of brought between a little bit of everything. But I was like, well, they kind of gave me the floor, and I think it was kind of like, let me see what we can do. Yeah. But long after that, we were working on shit car and stuff like that, and that, that was some of their ideas uh, of let's do a transition with that. But my daily driver at the time, I couldn't get it registered. So in California, oh, California, or California stuff, you know. Yeah. Just bullshit like that. So I was getting frustrated with it. It was a, a Volvo V70 wagon. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I I wanted to kind of replicate it with a, a V70R. I always liked those. I'm. I'm wagon fan yeah i couldn't get a rest i had more plans for it 
So I came into our little creative meeting one day, and I was like, hey, I hate my car, and I can't register it. Let's, can we cut it in half? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, let's cut your car in half. And I was like, I, I, like hear me out here. I, I want to make a caster car, like, you know, put casters on the back of it, so spin out, but I want to have it like, like a life-size crazy cart with the operation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I tried that. I was working with Brad and Brad and I, man, that was some sometimes sure. But we tried to make this life-size crazy cart, but that thing had like pretty good power. You know, it's inline five turbo. It's over 200 horse. Yeah. Ridiculous. That was a horrible idea. I'm surprised nothing got hurt, actually. <laughs> Where's that car now? Uh, well, actually, I was in Poland for Driftmasters, and then I came back, and it was, oh, hell yeah. and nobody told me. It was what? <laughs> I, I went I went to Driftmasters in Poland. Yeah. And back, it was gone, and, and nobody told me where it went. <laughs> I think it got jumped. Oh, dang. It was funny. I remember it would do really good endos. Like if yeah, when, I saw that. Yeah. Well, you saw a little bit. Like <laughs> Ken Gushi for a ride. Or no, it was Die actually. And now uh, you know you get them confused. <laughs> Die. All you guys confused too. <laughs> all you guys. For ride. Basically, like drag race and slammed on the brakes and it. I rode like ten feet on the front bumper and then slammed it down. And I think that broke everything else. Oh my god! <laughs> it was pretty rough. Right. I don't think we showed. So what are you that. driving now? Um, currently I'm driving the FJ. So I got an FJ Cruiser. That's, oh. that's the daily. But my race car is uh my two JZ S14. Okay. Yeah. Something... You just finished that car, right? You've been working on it for a yeah. long time. If I I saw that, yeah. Just finished it, so I bought it off of one of my best friends, Will Rogie. And uh, if you don't know Will Rogie from Keep Drifting Fun, if you don't know what Keep Drifting Fun is, then you got to go watch it. Uh, yeah. Or anything that they do, uh, Will, Josh, Andy, all of those guys are amazing. But I bought the car from Will, and it had everything I wanted basically. So I was trying to build this S14. I bought one from my friend for five hundred bucks, and it was a piece of crap, like you'd think. So I, I cut it all up, and I was trying to make it nice, but I knew what I wanted. I wanted a 2JZ. I've always wanted one, never had one. I've had a 1J car before, but never a 2J. And then I wanted to kind of rebuild my first drift car, which is an S14. And mm. it's just one of those that you're always chasing it, right? Like That, I think, was the most passionate I ever was building a car, was building that first S14, because I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And I, learn everything and that was back in the day when there was nothing like there's no youtube videos or anything yeah, okay. you can see that on forums and the forums were really light too it's like us dudes in this room we, <laughs> and we represent one state right there's five of us <laughs> right over there might be nobody and then there's some guys like another state over and there's five of those guys so you're sharing knowledge between 20 people in the country basically is what it felt <laughs> yeah and and that was where I, I learned a lot of stuff, and I really loved that car. So I wanted to replicate that car just with a shit ton more horsepower. <laughs> yeah. With everything that I've learned now, I just, you know, make it a little more proper. Yeah. And if So I make a little more money, I can have a better body kit, I can have better wheels and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was going for the body kit that I really wanted. I wanted Car Modify Wonder. I knew that. I was like, that... I, 
when I was in Japan, I saw those guys like <laughs> roll that car out at SEMA, and I was like, oh, oh, oh boy. There it is. Have that. That's so sick. And uh, I, I've been waiting for that for a while, and I, I actually ordered from the dudes at Coral Works. Oh. Shout out, Greg Russell. Yeah. Oh, boys. Oh, Greg, Tyler, all of them. Yeah. And, yeah, just in Sebastian's car. I don't even want to get on that. That dude's – his style is just ridiculous here with Sebastian's style. Yeah, but, dude. Yeah, so I was, I was chasing that build, and I, I bought the car from Will. It already had Car Modify Wonder on it. He had some crappy coilovers, so I put my KWs on there. And then I basically swapped that motor in in, like, three weeks. Swapped all the suspension, wheels – and then made it how I want it, put the Haltech Elite on it, E85, and uh, uh, actually a small Garrett turbo. I got a Garrett 3076 on there, but it made 615 wheel horsepower, 540 torque. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. And That's it, plenty. It, it hits like a hammer. I, oh, my God. I've ever had. I, like, I've never been a very power-hungry guy. Yeah. And, dude, like, I can't. <laughs> Drive it like I thought I was a good driver, you know. I was like, I, I've done pro am one pro am stuff seasons and did D1 and did uh FD pro ams and all that. And I've been pretty successful. And I was like, I'm a good driver, got in this car, crashed immediately. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whole new experience. He seconds in, bam, smash it. And I was like, awesome, that sucks. And there's the only thing about which is a body kit and keeping the car clean. Right, and I was like, maybe I'll I'll just keep it nice the next time. Uh, I'll I'll drive it a little lighter. Crash in, <laughs> and then the third time I got in, I was like, all right, learned my lesson. Crash it again. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> it four times, crashed it three times. That's really yeah. That's how you treat your new car that you loved and you've always been trying to capture. Drifting <laughs> <laughs> well, in a nutshell, I guess. It's so, the journey, right? Yeah. I've seen the videos of that thing, dude. It freaking rips. I saw it when you took it out to the burnyard for the first time. It was a big deal. That got pretty hyped up. That was the first then, time of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was watching that. You posted it on Instagram. I was like, okay, I gotta, I'm going to sit here and watch this whole thing. And God, that thing is so insane when it yeah. hits full boost, dude. Dude, it's at full boost by 3,500 RPM. Oh, my oh God. That's crazy. That's rowdy. And, uh... I, I don't know if you guys know Andrew DiMartino. Uh, works, he's done a bunch for drifting and stuff as well. He's hockey works for, with Altec. He was worried about that turbo hitting so hard that I'd bend my rods. And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I've never really done this before. And I remember uh, talking to the boys at Garrett Turbochargers. They were, they were pretty stoked with the performance of it because everybody likes on a 2J, they want to go bigger. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. I, I really like that. Quick rev, like yeah, yeah, happy, and, and I, I guess most people are worried about that huge power number because, sure. like, I made way more power than I wanted to, and I we didn't even push it any further. I was like, I'd be happy if we made six hundred horsepower, like max. Yeah, we made six fifteen on the first pull, and I was like, uh, can we stop? <laughs> so I guess we're, we're done. <laughs> Andrew was like, yeah, you can make seven hundred right now, and no problem, man. We'll. Turned it up seven hundred. I was like, nah, I I don't even know this. So, <laughs> well, you got to grow with your car. A lot of people just like shoot straight for the stars, and then and then you wreck three times. I came from a Corolla, like an eighty eight, eighty six Corolla, and a a KAS fourteen. Like, yeah. And then 
when I SR twenty, I was like, "This is, this is amazing. This yeah. is so much horsepower." And when I got a one J, I was like, "This is it. Nobody needs any more horsepower than a stock one J Z." Well, we all transition, right? So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Competition with the boys. Right now, I'm the highest horsepower car at the shop. Just, just Let's saying. go. Hey, flex on, flex on. Just saying. <laughs> but it, it pissed everybody off, which is amazing. So after I got back from the dyno, and Hurt was there with me, and he was just looking at the th- He didn't even say anything. He was just looking at the, the sheet like, no way. He made that much. He's thinking about his car, and he like got a 2J like two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that. Uh, He's just looking at the sheet. This fucking he's, asshole. He's got a K series S thirteen right now, so uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna put a huge turbo on that and try and break it to make. <laughs> that's cool. At least you guys got places to work on them when you break them. That's that's yeah. That's, well, it's you know because of everything happening and the lockdown and here in California it was pretty serious as well. Yeah. So, um, everybody's working from home, and I don't know if you guys have seen my garage, but it is a one-car garage. On there's, there's one-car garages, right? Where guys yeah. like, I've got a one-car garage. Yeah, that you can walk around and stuff. That's cool. I can't. Like, I, I can park my car in there, and that's it. Really? So much stuff, too. i got three bikes in there. i got seven boards, and i got a new Miller welder set up and everything, and I was like, I don't even know where I'm going to put this. I've got a new welder from miller because i was all stoked like i'm gonna work at home now I yeah. stuff and then i got it and i was like this is bigger than i thought it was <laughs> now i'm sad because i've got this equipment and i can't touch something's gonna have to sit outside or i'm gonna be welding in my living room <laughs> which i don't mind i would do it i don't care <laughs> where you what, where, what town are you in i'm in huntington beach okay so i was in when I first moved out here, I was in Huntington. I lived with Dean Carney. Yeah. And, whoa, that was fun. <laughs> Dean's a madman, dude. He's a good friend of mine. But then I, I moved to Long Beach when I worked to uh, worked with Hoonigan. So then I moved back because I like to surf. Like, I assume people would want to know, how did you get hired with Hoonigan? So I, it's not a very long story. But I guess it would date back to Hurt and I being friends for yeah. maybe 10, 12 years. Um, shoot, I, don't, I actually don't even know. But we've been friends for a long time. So Hurt and I go way back. And uh, I had met Brian a few times. And we shot a few things with Hoonigan um, when they were doing the, the bashes. Remember those videos? Yeah, the yeah. bangers? That stuff was so cool. So they came by, and that's when I was drifting heavy. Like, I was drifting every weekend. No matter what, I was at every bash, dude. And I Good God. Trying to get back to it. Yeah. And, but that was a road trip every weekend. I never had a trailer. I drove my car every time. <laughs> and the, the best stories, right? Like, it, driving a full-blown race car, fully caged, no interior, nine hours to go see your friends, thrash it, beat it, drive back. So I... I met up with them for a few of those bash banger things, and uh, that's kind of where I, I guess I met Brian. So the seed was planted there, like you know they know who I am and whatever. But I guess with working in Formula Drift, um, I met John Nadari or Nads, mm-hmm. and yeah. 
um, yeah, the grandfather of everything, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so I met Ads uh, with Dean and uh, Bridges Racing, uh, Bridges Racing, Brian Bridges, and um, we got introduced, and I kept working away, and I was done working with Dean. I was gonna in a transition. I was like, all right, I I got I got to get away from Formula Drift for a while. Yeah, yeah. If you know, you know, man. You've been out there. You're there for the long haul, man. It's it's a circus and it's fun. You're with all the same guys year round and it's fun, but it's a lot, a lot of work. And so yeah, I yeah. change the pace and Nad's got wind of that and they their fabricator went somewhere else. So he was like, Hey, you wanna you wanna come by and sort of by for an interview? And I walked in and sat in the office and Hurt walked by and I high fived him. He's like, What are you here for? I was like, I think there's an opening for fabricator. And uh, I hear him walk behind the wall. He's like, hey, oh, that dude rules. And, and then walked in and was like, oh, it's you. When can you start? And I was like, I mean, today. He's like, all right. So that was it. I was just tempted for that. So it was just seeds planted from years, years before, and they knew what I was into and uh, stuff like that. So Hell that's, yeah. that's awesome, man. Sure. So, like, and I just ripping on, on the Miata right away. That's kick ass. <laughs> So I guess so is, that, eight, is that your job title? Or are you like considered the fabricator, or do you just have more of a natural social media presence at this point? Well, see, that's what I started. What I, my perception was was to be more behind the scenes, right, and, and fix, mm-hmm. fix stuff and, and do stuff like that. But whoops, I got on camera the first time, and I guess it went over well because our our first series did did really well with Shark Cart. So. Um, I guess they wanted me on camera a lot more, and I'm taking on a lot more of uh, a host and yeah. starting to do a little bit behind the scenes as far as uh, directing and stuff like that. So oh, that's cool. we'll be doing a little bit more of that. We're finishing up um, Knuckle Busters right now, which is going to be one of, the, one of the last builds I do for a little while because it's so labor-intensive. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've been messing around with it for a long time so who knows who knows where we're gonna go with it you know that we got soupy who's a god of fabrication and and cars like if you don't know soupy he's an east coast wizard he's been around for a long time and he's so good at everything so he's gonna be taking over a lot of that role um for the fab stuff but i uh, you know yeah only two of us right i'm gonna have to fix stuff we got <laughs> so yeah I, We'll see. We'll see where we go. But I, I'd like to settle in and do a little bit more of the. Uh, I think that's what we'll see. So like the build biology show. Yeah, yeah. I I like to do that show. It's just fascinating. I love to see what other guys are building and, and talking about, you know, the process of what they go through. I think it's yeah. very, very overlooked. You know, we've seen a lot of the cars and we've seen a lot of the owners, but seeing the fabricators themselves and and the thought process and and what they go through, I I think that's important. For the culture so i really appreciate sure. how in depth that build biology gets in there because I, i've noticed you'll have vehicles that come out and rip around for a while um and we'll glance over you know the engine bay and kind of chat about things that pop up the highlights but like really yeah. going into the depth you know that's I, I think that's really dope yeah and that, that was kind of what the thought process behind it was is that's what i was explaining to a lot of the guys is like you know when we do the daily transmissions and stuff just like you said um, we just gloss over things, yeah. But, but there's some cars that really deserve an in-depth because yeah. you look at it and you're like, 
what the hell did that dude do right there? <laughs> and you're like, why did he do that? You know, and and, and you just want to know because that that's what we that's what I what started me on all this is yeah. uh, you get intrigued, right? So yeah. when you see stuff on the forums, you're like, I how explain? Yeah. Just start yeah. typing like. Tell me what me the- to your bill thread <laughs> with all your photos. Yeah, so um, then you watch uh, fifty pictures come up uh, on Photo Bucket and yeah. little descriptions underneath, and you read that intently, and you're like, "Well, now I've learned it." And uh, I, I think we don't teach anything anymore, right? Everything's right. everything's right in front of you for YouTube videos and stuff like that, but a lot of it's glossed over too. Where it's like, hey, I got this part from this company and it works great. Yeah, well, tell me how it really works. You know, like how how do you put it on? What is? How, have you guys looked up torque specs on anything recently? What do you like? You have to look for shit that's like ten years old. <laughs> really? Nobody tells you that stuff anymore. Yeah. So my Haynes manual that's slowly well, rotting that's, in my back seat. Yeah. Now it's all just about flash and shares. You know what I mean? Like the details don't really matter as much to people. And that's, I think, what I, I guess I, I'd love to tell the younger people is just like, hey, you know, we came from a different time where you didn't just get a 2JZ in your car, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I came from a time where like that was unheard of. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit, somebody did that? Like, that's crazy. That has to be madness. That had to be a real big pain in the ass to do it. And it was. Whoever <laughs> first had to figure that out, right? Now you have a You can buy it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No matter yeah. what car it is. You want an LS? You can get it in any car. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. There's probably a kit for a Honda Civic to make it rear-wheel drive where all you have to do is <laughs> bolt it on and cut a few things. You know, somebody had to figure that stuff out. And that's what was cool about forums and stuff back in the day that we don't get. And that's one of the reasons I like build biology is because we get to see stuff like that. When you get to see uh, one of my favorite guests is Papadakis. You know, he's somebody that I I always like to learn from because he's brilliant. You know, he's had to come up with stuff through the times. And uh, racing civics and stuff back in the day, the stuff that those guys did was, was groundbreaking. Now it's just every day. Right. We had to pave that path, you know, and I think motorsport can move that way now with electric vehicles and stuff like that. We're going to see a lot more of that, guys building stuff like that and uh, kind of trying to showcase how to do it. But you're going to you're gonna have the written word lost. You just yeah, got to yeah. go, go back, scrub that, watch it again. But you're going to miss a lot of information that is really crucial. And, um, you know, because... We'll put out a video that's 15 minutes long. And that's basically what's going to hold your attention, right? But do you think yeah. I worked in that car for 15 minutes? Hell no. Like, yeah. It was like days and days of work and planning and trying to figure that stuff out. And to try and express that in a 15-minute video, you're not going to get everything. You're not going right. to figure out what actually had to happen. Yeah, yeah. Doing biology, I try and do my best to explain some of that stuff. And uh, anybody else who's involved in the show, we try and explain what's going on. Like this newest season, having Ryan Anderson on, uh, son of a digger. Mm-hmm. There's so much I didn't know about monster trucks that I wanted to know. And like 
that episode went pretty long too. I think it ended up being like 30 or 40 minutes. And we did a bonus that was like another 30 or 40 minutes. Dude, I talked to Ryan for probably five hours. Like I Oh my god. It's like I have to know. Like using like their hubs are from a crane. Like a crane that lifts <laughs> stuff up on the building. So I was like, who figured that out? How do you know that? <laughs> How did you what went from off-roading in little Jeeps and stuff like that and some some like backwoods K5 blazer? To you getting a crane for a hub, like that's what? insane. Yeah, so that's that's something I think is missed out, and that's the show that I really like to push. So hell yeah, that's it's this part of the culture to me. You know, everything's so fast, so quick these days, and uh, yeah. you can buy a kit for anything, and there's no learning curve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's... yeah. I mean, it's absolutely true. We talk about that a lot in the magazine. You know, it's just because you know. We struggle with that same thing. It's all about the quick flash and the fire in the pan or whatever. Get the likes, get the shares, and move on. And, and right. yeah, um, I'm trying to think, man. Like, what's working at Hoonigan? Hoonigan just fascinates me as a company. That's why I just kind of keep asking. But like, what's um, what's like the big stress? You know, like, is there like what, what's like your your biggest dilemma, your biggest fear. I mean, you're totally comfortable being on camera now, right? Like, it's none of that kind of stuff. No, I, well, for me, I. Is it deadlines? Like, how serious are I, deadlines over deadline. there? Yeah, I have deadlines and we have a lot to do. So our content happens all the time, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're doing something different. And some days, I don't know where I'm getting pulled, right? Really? <laughs> In the morning, and they're like, hey, man, you're going to Utah today. What? All right, <laughs> and that's it, right? It's it's kind of vague. I'm like, wait, but wait, wait, wait. How many days? They're like, ah, we'll figure it out when we get. Wait, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> how much drawer do I have to pet? Nope. Okay. So um, you never know what you're gonna get, but the deadlines for me sometimes like the Snucklebusters project. We're trying to push this out because it's been going on too long, and it's a very difficult project. Who does a diesel Camaro that's going to go 200 something miles? <laughs> like who does that? So it's been very uh, time consuming for me, and that eats up time with me being somewhere else. You know, right. then I'm strictly on that show because it's eating up all my time. But we want to be other places. I want to go hang out with her. I want to go drive cars with those dudes yeah, yeah. I don't in the garage all day. So we have a deadline for that. Plus, with all the dates that we have, like we can get this racetrack at this time for this amount and that's how we have to do it so that has to be done and right now i'll let you know a secret i have two weeks left to finish that car i've been working on it every day so um deadline's really close on that <laughs> hope everything goes well <laughs> like the list. it's looking good i mean if i may say <laughs> so it's it's a wild project but i'd say the stress is just the volume what about like the fear of being a, a, a celebrity? You know what I mean? Because like in this industry, like your face is very well known now. If you do something dumb, you know, like if something goes wrong, yeah, it's not it's not like a couple thousand people are gonna see it. It's like right. the entire automotive culture is gonna share this. Exactly. And you're so, on the hook for it. That I guess that's part of it. 
part of the reason my job is different than everybody else the company is yeah. because that that weight on me can be a little big yeah just can't really think about it you just kind of just go <laughs> at it like the normal car um but I, I think that's why I work really hard to, to do some things because it's like you don't want to have that failure. And that's, yeah, I was yeah. so intimidated with this project, this diesel project. I'm not yeah, a diesel yeah. guy. I, I, don't, I don't like diesels. <laughs> I don't like draggers. <laughs> I don't like top speed. I, I don't like any of that shit. So it's yeah. all against everything that I've ever done, right? How, how, did, this ha- how did it happen? Who like put it what? in your lap? I'll say that uh, this was not my idea. <laughs> it was fully out of my control, but uh, it it's been a, a learning process and it's been difficult, but it's pretty damn cool. Like I gotta give it to him. Like oh. diesel is still like a whole fantasy world that I know nothing about. Yeah, I'll give you some information. Don't okay. even do it. <laughs> I got one tip for you. Yeah, we got, got one tip, bro. Uh, just get an electric car, and then <laughs> in five years, that's gonna so, be everybody. Like, is Hoonigan in, uh, into the electric thing? Is that something that y'all? I mean, we gotta kind of embrace it, right? I mean, it's coming. Okay. Pushing that, we're all. Yeah, honestly, I'm terrified of it. Yeah, like I like mo- I like motors, man. I like the. Oh, I guess electric is motors too. It's funny you use that word like terrified because I don't know. Shoot, it's probably been five years, but um, I had the chance to drive. The, I guess it's the P95D, at the, whatever the bad boy was at the time, the Tesla, right? And it was because some regional Tesla guy was coming in town. So like, you know, he said, "Yeah, come on over and we'll do a whole little thing." You know, we'll go drive it. And I kind of. My dad, you know, my dad's a huge car guy, so I accidentally planned for him to be in the area, and then he calls, and I was like, "Oh, oh, you're right around the corner." Oh, hang on a second. I was like, "Do you think it'd be okay if we went and picked up my dad?" Because you know, my dad's into all this kind of stuff, and and the guy was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And my dad drove it, and and yeah, he used that same word. He was like, "That's scary," because yeah. everything that I've spent my whole life learning about performance, it just killed it. It's like it's obsolete. It's like I've seen the future, and he's like, I know I'm not in it, but it's yeah. just really weird to see like this is you know like where it's like, in ludicrous mode. It's like the first time you use five G. You're like, dude, <laughs> yeah. 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 I got that message before I even sent it. Since <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking, yeah, oh my God. yeah. The first time I ever like rode in one in a, uh, like a Tesla when ludicrous mode was with Peter. Uh, Peter Vincic, and if you guys don't know who that is, it's a Worthouse Drift Team Polish driver. He is absolutely the craziest driver I've ever been with in my entire <laughs> And uh, yeah, I was like, okay, this is probably the fastest car I've been in in a long, long, long time. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, I screw up on my iPhone, right? And I don't get, uh, I don't ever update it, so I don't know how to work on that car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's the. I don't know what. It, I don't know. It just takes a little bit of the feel away from it. Yeah. The the, the energy is there, right? Like when you drive one, you're like, shit, this is fast. That's a. <laughs> I get it. Performance is definitely just second to none. But I want the noise. I want yeah. The, I want all of that. And then there's something that. Something that scares me is this, like, it's kind of out of your control. 
Yeah. Like back in the day and using like old mechanical fuel pumps and stuff, you're like, yeah, I got that. That's cool. But uh, I feel like you would say that about a lot of the newer, like especially exotic cars. I mean, they're great. They go fast, but there's a huge disconnect between the driver and the road when you put all those wires and technology. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like go get just like try and work on a Ford Fusion. Good luck. (laughs) <laughs> there's so much going on these days that um, there's so much technology is it's really difficult and I, I think that's you know we're, we're coming out of the era of having these cars that are, are easy to mod and have fun with like that's why you yeah. see guys gravitate to the E36 the E46 like yeah. those, are, those are last BMWs like that's it right <laughs> yeah. after, after that you can't do shit like you're Aside from being a BMW tech, there's no way you're working on anything like that. Or ripping every single thing out of it and replacing it with a V8 or or something like that. It's yeah. it's hard to be a tuner in that that respect because everything's controlled by someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's kind of hard to think about what's happening in the future. What cars are left that you want to drive? You know, like for me, that's I, the scary part. We were thinking about it. What do you, what do you What's left that you would drive? And for me, it's the BMW M2 competition. Mm-hmm. It's manual. Yeah. It's turbo. Three wheel. That's it. <clears throat> and that's the last car. Like this might be the last one we see, dude. Like, yeah. This is gonna, you know, everything's gonna be floppy pedals and stuff like that. Like even the Supra. And I'm yeah. not from the Supra, dude. I would totally have one of those. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't get woolly started. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't I can't do it, man. I you know, like I can't do the automatic shit. I cannot accept it. I don't care how fast it is. I don't care what Jackie Ding did Road Atlanta in last weekend. I just cannot. I'm not with it, Dan. I'm it. telling you I'm telling you, you can put a sequential transmission behind that thing, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can do that. I can't do that. <laughs> Just, take that steering wheel off, throw it straight in the trash, put a grip oil steering wheel Send it. Get you a nice nice gearbox. So um yeah, I just had that epiphany the other day with BMW because I never gave a rat's ass about a BMW. Because when I installed car stereos in like 2004, I broke every damn one that ever came in there, or I set some light off on the dash and the asshole bmw techs were always like well you shouldn't have done that should you now you're gonna have to bring that back in and it's gonna come out of your paycheck and i'm like i hate you guys so like i never cared about bmws i got a 500 e34 and and it's never even been on the road really i mean you know like but i've been messing with it and working on it there's something about that car where i absolutely love it and hate it at the same time i'll be working on it i'm like Look at these freaking idiots. Why do they say these cars are good? This is like the most asinine thing. And then I'm like, dude, I love it. I love the way that this feels here and the way that they did. And, and like I, I have a E46. I got yeah, a 325i. Yeah. And I, I preach that on, on all the younger kids. Like, go get a 325i or 330i or something like that. Dude, they're yeah. 1500 bucks. You can find them all day. 1500 bucks, And you can thrash on them. But it's like the last car that you can really work on. That inline six is actually really simple. Yeah. It's really simple to work on. It's easy to get parts for, and they're pretty freaking stout. Like you can beat the shit out of that thing. Yeah, dude. And uh, that's what I mean. Like I'm not a mechanic. Like I'm a magazine guy. I work on cars out of necessity because I break them. But like yeah. that $500 BMW, I was like, all right, be cool. 
don't lose your cool. Let's just start working on it. Cause it was overheating. Imagine that. Yeah. You know, and I was like, let's just part slap it. And dude, I freaking fixed it. And it wasn't that I've, I've definitely worked on a lot harder, more pain in the ass cars before. Like that was the whole time I was waiting for it. It's kind of like you're trying to dissemble like an Iraqi car bomb. I'm like, I know it's coming, man. I know it's coming. Something's about to go bad, but it didn't man. And I fixed it. And then I was like, I am a BMW god. And that's when I started looking at the newer ones. That's how, like, I feel with Brian. Like, I feel like Brian's just a masochist. Like, he likes to choose the hardest cars to work on. Yeah. What are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> you know about, like, I, don't ask me. I have no idea what, I don't even know why you bought that car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's just out of my realm of working on, I, I like Japanese cars with, Nice Japanese motors from the 90s that I understand. Yes. Yeah. Well, all right. So here we are 90s. talking like a Hoonigan fabricator guy. And you're talking about how like new cars are just a total bitch to work on, which I totally agree with. And everybody else should too. But like, where do you think this is going? Like, what's our generation going to do here? Because like you said, the electric cars are rad. I'm not opposed to owning one, you know, yeah. especially when I can afford one when they come down a little bit. <laughs> but like. It's not going to be my only mode of transportation ever. I'm always going to have my, like you're saying, the 90s. Like, I want my VTEC. I want my right. turbo, you know, four-banger or six-cylinder yeah. or something. Like, do you think we're stuck? Are, are, are we turning into, like, our parents' generation of hot riders to where we're going to be, like, that S14 is your 68 Camaro, and we're yeah. going to be messing with these cars when we're old and gray at SEMA? 100, 100%, man. And, and like, I have, I have a couple dream cars left on my list. And my dream cars are so weird compared to everybody else. But I've been looking for it, and they're attainable for me right now. But I just can't find them. Yeah. What are they? I want to hear these weird-ass cars. Yeah. So I, I, one of my favorite cars was a 64 Biscayne that I had. It was a four-door uh, 64 Biscayne. But I really want a 62 Biscayne wagon, Chevy Biscayne. It's a 20-foot okay. car, and I want to put a 2JZ in it. <laughs> and I don't know why. I just wanted that. I want a three on the tree for no freaking reason with a yeah. two it's like 700 horse and an old cruiser that's yeah. my ultimate dream car build that i can just cruise up and down pch and have that's fun. a good like surf forward on the roof kind of. on the roof chilling with the homies that kind of thing but actually for right now what i want for a daily driver which i, I don't have a car right now i'm just driving the fj uh i want uh, a miata i want an mb and i can't find them anywhere i want an Miata so bad and i've really? always one and i can't find them every time i find them they're sold immediately or they're just a pile of shit but dude i think that's georgia that's what i'm (laughs) hell no you got rust and shit (laughs) i think that's what i'm chasing right like that's that's the i'm at the age now or or like a second gym mr2 for no reason just Mm -hmm. because of one or a eclipse gsx why like, because they're the most <laughs> badass goddamn cars ever made. That's why. <laughs> like that, those are the stupid things that I'm looking up, and it's just because I wanted that when I was younger, and I never wore yeah. it or, or or get it, and I thought they were so cool. And moving into the future now, with with all the cars that are coming out these days, like what I told you, like I I thought about it hard. If I was to buy a new car. What would I get that I could modify? And the only things that came to mind were the BMW M2 competition. Yeah. Because it's slightly attainable. It'll go down in value because it's a BMW. So there'll be like 
thousand dollars next year. Yeah. And then also be called classic cars. But it's everything that I want. You know, it, it's turbo rear wheel drive manual. And I yeah. don't getting that very often. Like, I mean, as much as I'd knock it, the Kia Stinger is turbo rear wheel drive, stuff like that. But yeah. it's like, well, I mean, that's hard to come across these days for manufacturers. Like we're seeing, we're seeing hot hatches, right? Like Hyundai's got their new uh, N or whatever, but it's not me. It's it's still not the EG Civic. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the car that I I want, and uh, it's lightweight and it's totally different. And there's something different about the feel of it. It's just staying at a higher RPM. It's harder to drive rather than, you know, they put a turbo on it and it's all plastic. <laughs> yeah, just like. And even with uh, electric cars, like you know, the modifications aren't—they're—they're they're not going to happen. It's just going to be in suspension and stuff like that. Yeah. What are you tuning other than than aerodynamics, braking, and you know, like the motor is set in its ways. Like yeah. there's only so much you can get out of it. And yeah. I guess that's the same to be said about you know any other engine. You know, like there's a threshold that you can hit, and that's about yeah. it. It's just easier to hit it, but there's no style to it right no they yeah, yeah. i mean they absolutely lack like if you're doing soul if you're doing a tesla right you either have the badass one or the base one and that's <laughs> like yeah. it, it, no one's gonna shock you you're not gonna go up and drag race a shit ton of teslas and be like that one's way faster like that's not gonna happen right 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 yeah what are they gonna do other than tire pressure suspension and some maybe weight balancing but there's not going to be a motor upgrade, right? Unless you get a bigger battery, which is going to risk a fire or some shit like that. Like yeah. that, that's not going to happen anymore. Whereas if you pull up to the line with two different Fox Buddy Mustangs, you have no idea what you're going to expect. <laughs> yeah. the hood of both lift front end, but <laughs> well, one's got a two J and one's got a five liter, and they both run sevens. Like, yeah, you never know what you're going to get or. You know, there's no, there's just no soul to it to me. I, that's the way I feel about it. Is like modifications are still going to happen, right? We're still going to have guys that want to build hot rods and do stuff like that. But I think we're losing the soul of it. And I think, yeah. honestly, we've lost a lot of soul and and things just by them becoming popular um, with the drift community and stuff like that. Like the first people to do LS one swaps was like holy shit. But now it's like it's I hate it. Yeah. Here in LS and a, a two forty, I'm like, uh, no, get out of here. <laughs> just, yeah. just freaking annoying to me. It's like, oh god, everybody has it, and they all drive the same. They're like, but, but, it's freaking annoying. Yeah. It, it just well, kind of the soul away from the hot riding aspect of it. Well, and I'm not a Formula D guy like you are, but that's kind of what killed Formula D for me, man. Like, you know, I would go every year from the first year in Atlanta. And I would always tell more and more of my friends that weren't even into cars, like college friends or, or family friends or whatever, you have to come see this. This is absolutely insane. It's like a college football game, but with wheels. You're going to love it, man. Yeah. You know, and then it just started getting more and more V8. And it started like, you know, I missed those eras with like the Sam Hubinet and, oh man, who was the dude with the little Corolla? He hung in for a long time. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And those guys would have legit battles. And you're just like, how is this even happening? Because the cars are so different. That's what made it so, I don't know, man. I went to my first Formula D 
at, at Road Atlanta and a week later had a Nissan, you know, a little hundred dollar yeah. S12 actually. Um, but, but you know what I mean? That's the impact it had. And now you're just like, well, I mean, it's so fun. Like I like the action of it, but it's like, all right, let's go see which V8 going to win this thing. I guess it's not as bad as it was. It's starting you to change what? up. It's actually going back, I think, to, yeah, to some variety. Things are changing up, you know, like with, uh, the newer manufacturers are coming out because guys are getting backed by Toyota and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're seeing a lot like the new Supra, you know, Papadakis and, uh, then you got Gucci. Gucci's car looks sick. Probably the coolest car in the field right now. Um, <laughs> But you're starting to see those guys using like the B58 now, and then Papadakis has been using that four-cylinder in the Corolla for a long time, and Dean's still running the Viper. So uh, I think that's why I gravitated to drifting so much is because it's such a hot rod sport. Yeah, you know? yeah. nothing else like it. You know, like it's the highest horsepower road racing that there is. I don't care what anybody says. Like if you look at the field right now, everybody's got a thousand horsepower. Everyone. Yeah. You're like it's unlimited in in that factor, and that that's what's cool is run what you brung, hope you brung enough sort of deal, and uh, it's it's kind of hard to get anything else like that, and uh, it sucked when the, there was a couple seasons everybody was, this is the way right LS one right 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 one right. LS one LS one everybody did it and uh, you know I I will not deny it the LS one's a great engine and guys that run that it's like they have it down to the science but. You just get sick of it. You don't want yeah. to every car, right? Yeah. That's what was awesome. Like you said, it was like seeing that Corolla versus the Viper. You're like, what was yeah. that? Like some <laughs> dude in a little shitty '86. He's <laughs> got that like. Like if you put them on paper next to each other, it's like <laughs> if my dad, not being much of a car guy, if I put it like next to each other, like dad, check out this Corolla. Check out this Viper. What do you think's gonna win? My dad's gonna be like the Viper. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not on that and i think that like the tuner stuff because my dad's always been very you know american muscle and stuff like sure. that and i took him to a nopi in like 2004 or something maybe even before that it was like 2004 took him to a nopi and there was a 68 camaro laundry on the back like wheelie bars all this shit and uh like a first gen gsx and I knew the kid with the GSX Eclipse, and I was like, "What do you? What's your money on?" He's like, "I got that. I got that Camaro. There's no friggin' way." And I, was like, right. I was like, "Well, I'll, I'll bet you a hundred bucks." He's like, "All right, deal." Doed that thing left in line. It was like the first time I'd seen one with a Shepard transmission, all-wheel drive, nasty dude. Ran eight ninety. Jesus. Oh yeah. GSX. And my dad was like. Really <laughs> <laughs> shit left the line and this GSX just blew by it like let him get, let him get the bump and then took off blew his doors off my dad was just like I just don't understand like he <laughs> and he wouldn't let it go for like a week <laughs> you know what was that was a damn Mitsubishi yeah <laughs> <laughs> One of those things too is like just even hearing my dad say like a Mitsubishi like no <laughs> man I like hearing that underdog shit. <laughs> so it was it was pretty cool I, and I think uh, the import scene was kind of overlooked back when I first started and when I got into it I was like God there's nothing more efficient than these stupid little four cylinders yeah <laughs> so good. for leader. Uh, 
Steph, I became a nerd over all that. Power per liter and power by weight, all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. There's Balance goes a long way. Yeah. I think that made me an instant V8 hater, but. <laughs> so how did you get into cars if your dad wasn't, like, where did it all, how did you find drifting? I, I've always been into cars, like, my entire life. My dad, he always bought me Matchbox cars and shit when I was young, like Hot Wheels, Matchbox cars. I, I probably have 2,000 of them now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll, I'll buy them when I go into the store. My dad, he used to buy two or three every time he go in the store and bring them back to me. And I was like, I knew everything about it, right? I'd read everyone. I'd, my dad was so impressed when I was a kid that I knew the, the headlights and taillights leaving. You know, when I was a kid, I was like, that is this car. And he's like, how do you know that in the dark? <laughs> six seven eight years old uh calling out these cars and then horsepower numbers and all that stuff because i'd read car and driver and different magazines like that and i just soaked that it in it wasn't <laughs> car and driver wasn't in your house no like no. i grew up reading those because my dad subscribed to all of them so that, you know what I, I mean like that's how i, I knew i had to beg to get that stuff really oh, shit. like hey i want this magazine <laughs> <laughs> get out of here He's like, like, you know, you get hunting and fishing magazine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a magazine. Bump me in the head. Nope. <laughs> but no, I, I didn't see too much of it. But, um, you know, my dad's, he likes cars. He's just not into them. You yeah. know, he doesn't know much about it. He, like his first car was a Maverick and he loved that thing. And he put it on air shocks and he'd tell me about it. Yeah, man, I had the thing on the aircraft and. Like his buddies had cool cars back in the day. He's like, Yeah, my buddy had Trans Am, man, scratch fourth gear. I was like, Yeah, on dry rotted 165. <laughs> 463. I was like, We're not talking about cars like that anymore, Dad. That car yeah. made 40 horsepower. That's yeah. not even a new Camry these days, bud. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I didn't have much in the way of cars. I just love that information and I gravitated to it. And then Gran Turismo ruined my life. Because I just, I played, I, yes. I learned a lot from it, and it's actually fairly factual for, for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. But that got me into it, and then high school kind of fell out of it a little bit, and had some friends in the cars, and then right after high school, I had, you know, just gone through trouble as a kid, came back at it, needed to come back to some other friends. My buddy Kyle introduced me to drifting, and that was it, sold me. First time I took a run is because, like, I'm into extreme sports stuff no matter what. Like, yeah. I, I was into mountain biking really big back then. Love mountain okay. biking, skateboarding, wakeboarding, all that stuff. But I was into mountain biking, and uh, I took him out for mountain biking, and he took me out in his car. And I was like, I had never been drifting before. And come through a corner, and it was a S14, a Kuki S14 with an SR20. Mm. Like, 2004, 2005. It's hot shit. It freaking blew my mind. I was like, dude, I have to do this. That week, I bought an S14, and then I just coiled over everything. I, I just was at a point in my life where I'd been saving a bunch of money, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And then he introduced me to that, and I spent all of my freaking money on an S14, and I was just hooked. Dude, I was so freaking hooked. Like, I wanted to learn everything. And I, I've been in construction my whole life, so I'm good at working with my hands. It's like, I'll learn how to do it myself. I don't need these guys. There was no good shops next to us, like no reputable shops. Had to learn everything. I was reading forums day and night and um, just fell in with a good group of people, man, like met really good dudes that 
are still some of my best friends today through yeah. cars and they taught me basically everything i know you know like they got me rooted into it and it was just that was it i got stuck i got bit <laughs> well that and and those guys and that made it worse and i was like shit that's that's the one dude you don't need to meet he's like the nicest <laughs> so influential he's just like god these guys are so cool I love everybody about it, and I, that's when I met all the dudes from Coral Works now, and all those guys, Scott, and uh, all those guys, Grip Royal, Traction Optional, and it's like, it just branched out. It was like, we just kind of started going to more and more and more events, and meeting more and more and more people, and that just, it hooked me, man. You, when you meet people, the, like the drift community that took me in, basically, it was, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. I could go anywhere to this day. Like, forget Hoonigan and stuff. That stuff never happened. To this day, I, I'd still be able to go almost anywhere in the country and stay at someone's house. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and like, yo, I need a spot to crash tonight for the dress event tomorrow. And that, that would happen to this day. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen anything like that. There's nothing else that could bring somebody together like that. And uh, it was cool. Like, dude, I need your garage. I need something like that. And no matter what you did, like, people would do it. And the car community was so cool for me that it's just like, I love it. this is my people. <laughs> so yeah, nice man. In a way, it just kind of reminded me of like surf culture, which I was talking about weirdly on the last podcast too. But it's like I think maybe because drifting is so intense, like when you share that run or that moment or whatever, it's like you're instant, instant, yeah. instantly bonded. It's like yeah. I am. You know, I'll come out all the way ten states away. You stay at my house. We'll go in. You know, and it's yeah. kind of that, that kind of thing. It's just because it's such a it's a weird thing too. Just because like if you're into it, you're really into it. You're not you're not half ass into it. Like you're into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's weird, man. Because I kind of got screwed out of that in the earlier days. Because like you know. I, I went to the first drift event in, I don't know, 2004 or five or something when I was at Road Atlanta, Formula D. I got hooked. So I was another one of these kids trying to weld on a car, a.k.a. learn how to weld, on this S12 <laughs> in my parents' basement. You know, and I was working on it, working on it. Then the magazine came my way, um, and, and life became S3. You know what I mean? And, and the car, obviously, never got finished. I sold it. Somebody you probably know, actually. But, um, uh, you know, sold it off and, and started doing the magazine thing. Then do you know Cody Wellens? He was uh, old Coco, baby. Yeah, dude. Okay, so he was our other owner and designer forever. <laughs> um, and you probably know all this already, but like you remember 2000, I guess seven. I just running... imagine Cody shredding guitar right now. Yeah, Cody is <laughs> yeah. like pitching to any of the shit we're doing right now. He's just like skittle again, skittle again. He's like that Walter Mitty dude. Like he's just one of those things. He's like, I'm in a band now. We're touring. It's a punk band, like the late night. And then he's like, I'm in Colorado. I'm flying a plane with 35s on it or something like that. Tony, how the hell do you do all this stuff? And we still hang, dude. Like we're in the in the gravel bike thing now. And apparently, close to me is like, because I live out kind of in the country a little bit, and there's like 80 miles of gravel. So he's been coming out my way, and we've been riding gravel bikes. But like, I don't know how he does it, man. He just floats from one to the other. Well, I see you just fine. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Oh, man. 
Oh, oh no. <laughs> All right, guys, hold on. We'll be right back with you. Uh, it looks like Dan had a little bit of a technical issue, so we'll cut right back. Who did you sell uh, that S12 to? I forgot his name. Yui. Uh, there was... There was like an Andy and an Alex, and it was a father and a son, and I can't remember which one was which, but guy's name is, last name is Yui, like Y-O-U-E, and I don't know what he ever did. I think he sold it to somebody else, Johnny Prophet or somebody, I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing because anybody that looks at the wells is going to be like, good God, who did this? And be like, oh, God, it's <laughs> <three> Magazine. <laughs> Not a well. Are you working on bringing him back, Jesse? Yeah, I just sent him one. I'll send him one more. Now I forgot what the hell I was saying. This dude is funny, man. Mm. It's got a wild story. Hey, Jason W was like, Jason W was like, sorry, man. I I tried to figure out what's happening to the two cars for you, but I I, I don't know. And I was like, I was like, dude, we're on that. It's oh, he didn't know. No, he didn't know. And I told him I was like, I think Mike's buying both of them. And Jason was like, let me be the contact or pickup. <laughs> uh, I talked to Lounsbury today. He's putting batteries in them for me right now. Oh, Lounsbury's got Corona. Yeah, he does. Oh damn! Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I the figured all the more likely would be Jason. He's loud Jason, not Wazoric. <laughs> yeah. So my theory about booze killing off Corona is apparently not correct. Yeah. That sucks. Oh, man. Is this dude gone? I think so. That one of those California rolling blackouts just got us? <laughs> I don't know. He was like... He's like, you froze. I'm like, no, I see you just fine. <laughs> like, I can hear you. He's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it could have been. That would be a hilarious way to end a podcast. That's how I'm going to start ending meetings. Just... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not, I'm not able to reach him. You want to message him, maybe? Yeah, I'll send him a message on Instagram. <laughs> Let's see. That's about 818 over there. I assume he's not married, huh? Yeah. He said girlfriend. Girlfriend? I heard him say girlfriend. I do feel like that job would be like, uh, yeah. you are all in. I bet you it's true where they go, hey, hey, uh, here, you got a flight. Utah. <laughs> So you're wow. in Utah today. Uh, <laughs> I mean, congratulations, you, I hear it's cool. Will be. <laughs> well, that makes guy, sense. He's got a kid. Who does? That makes sense because. Uh, oh yeah, he does. The Hoonigan headquarters is in Park City. Oh okay. Why? Because that's where Ken Block lives. I did not know that. I thought the headquarters was right there at the whatever. You know. I mean, they're like they're like filming headquarters and stuff. Is yeah, but. Ken Block and like I guess the mastermind because there's two owners I believe it's Brian Scotto and Ken Block. Ken Block's in Park City, Utah, 
and Brian is deals with Dan and all of them. Hmm. I think Ken just kind of fucks around with Ford and then makes them come out every now and again so he can show face and be be a that's part cool. of the Hooninger brand. Right. I think that's kind of the way it goes. <laughs> I called them three times. They said unavailable. I just sent him a message and it says he hasn't been connected in the last four minutes. He might be restarting his computer. We'll hang out for a little bit. I mean, hell, we went long enough. Yeah, I think it's a little did. over an uh, hour. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I, I think was it. having trouble. Were you guys having trouble hearing him? Because like, yeah, it was it's, like if one so, person would talk and he would talk, mm -hmm. I got nothing. So he yeah, doesn't have headphones in. So yeah. So when his speakers put out audio, it cuts off his mic so it doesn't feedback. Mm. So every time if he's speaking and one of us speaks, it'll cut his mic. Yeah. So we need to just start telling people that they need earbuds. Or well, that's why I passively something. aggressively was like, hey, Jesse, does he need like ear things or something? And you're like, nah, he's good. I was like, okay. But yeah, it was. You all saw we have Jackie Ding on Monday and Rutledge Wood on Wednesday, right? Yeah. I'm not going to be able to do Jackie Ding. What? Is that just boycotting because it's about a Supra, or you legitimately can't do it? I just feel like it's going to be awkward, so I don't want to be on it. No, no, you I don't think he. I don't think he really wants to do it either. Jackie I was like, hey, Yeah, I was like, hey, man, you need to be on the podcast, and he was like, sure. <laughs> it's going to be awkward. And then I was like, <laughs> I'm I was telling like, you, man, I'm, I know my gut feeling on this. We're going to be like, well, so, I was like, how, well, how I was like, how about your parents do? <laughs> I was like, how about this day at this time? And he was like, eh, could it be a little bit earlier? And I was like, we can do a different day if you want. And he goes, how about Tuesday? And I was like, okay, how about this time? And he was like, eh, Monday's fine. And I was like, I was like, okay. Yeah, I don't think he's a, well, he is kind of a social media guy, right? Like, yeah, kind of. I, I legitimately think he doesn't give a fuck about anything other than racing right. yeah i'm yeah. pretty sure that is literally the only thing period that he gives a fuck about oh yeah. what's up he's back my brother. dude i don't know man my laptop was just like nah <laughs> <laughs> not today my dell my acer dude i don't hey, it's, it's like skype is like straight up deleted from my my computer right now like <laughs> I, I couldn't even find it like it just shut down and it was like nah <laughs> can't happen. <laughs> so, I, know I, can't do it. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, cool. All right, here we are on my iPhone. Uh, <laughs> back at it. <laughs> what were we talking about? I didn't cut you off. We're talking about Cody Wellens like, and how like, he just... Hey, man, Cody Wellens. And I was like, Yeah, dude. <laughs> how Cody just wakes up in the morning and goes, I want a boat. I'm going to go get a boat. <laughs> and then he gets like all in a boat. But no, we were talking about like. Do, actually, I want a boat. I want a friend like Cody. Cody, Cody, come <laughs> get me. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but I was talking about how like so I was all into this drifting thing, you know. But then like with the with the 
what was it, Nopey Drift 2007 and Cody trying to do it. And there was a whole bunch of drama and just stress and stuff wrapped up in that season. And it kind of made me go, I don't think I, it was kind of like an Andy Sapp thing, but Andy Sapp just did it a lot better. But I was just like, I don't think I like the competition aspect of this, man. Like, I feel like friends are turning on friends and there's like this bit, ah, I'm not in it. I'm not about it. And that's, then I just kind of. That's what ruined it for you. So, a little bit. That's when I was I, like, I'll stick to my DSM and my Honda, you know. I, I started in the grassroots stuff, and, and that's what was completely different. Yeah. So the grassroots scene was just trying to learn together. Like, nobody knew shit about it, right? We were yeah. all learning. Like, I don't know, man. There's just like, if you watch the Keep Drifting Fun documentary where Andy was like, Andy Sapp says, you just rip the e-brake. We're like, drifting. Like, that's literally how it was. Like, we didn't know, <laughs> dude. We didn't know the proper technique. We were just watching old videos, like old option videos. And those, at that point, those were 10 years old. Like, yeah, yeah. it was past tense for those guys. So uh, it was just, it was more of a bond trying to learn everything together. And I, I agree with you. that like, competition did split some stuff apart. And I, I know it has its place. Like, I... I genuinely love competition i'm a very competitive person and it's just a way to show off and be like yeah i'm the man blah 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 but it it does take away from that brotherhood that we had when we were just trying to learn yeah that just trying to when you're going through something together you know it's like you go on a shitty road trip together and you guys have a bad time doesn't matter what you're doing like, you could go camping with the family and stuff like that. You only remember the bad times, dude. You don't remember the good shit. Yeah. It's always the bad times. And that's that's how drifting was. It was always bad times. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cars, man. It's cars in general. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, even if you're car show dudes or you're going drag racing, shit breaks. Like, yeah, it's always going to break or the weather's going to be terrible or, you know, it's always that. And you remember that and you remember who you're with at that time. Like, yo, this guy had a ratchet strap to hold my transmission together so I could get home nine hours away. All that, you know, like, <laughs> all that shit. stuff that you remember. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. It, it doesn't even have to be as loose as just, you know, dri- or as tight as drifting. It's as loose as just the car community in general. Yeah. Where you go through stuff together and uh, I was like, that's where I've seen you guys. Like when I've met a lot of you dudes, I was at Formula Drift Atlanta, and uh, you, yeah, you know, I was going through some shit then because I was like, I was working on a 8.3 liter twin turbo Viper on nitrous. Like, yeah, that's gonna be a horrible pain in the ass. <laughs> Jesus, so I had a rough day already. Jesus. I just want to hang out at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like we're 1300 horsepower. What what could go wrong? Who wants to change a header on a V10? Not me. So at the end of the day, it's like we get to hang out and chill out with you guys at a car event, and that's that's what it's all about. I'll go down to Grip Royal Tent or see you guys next to him S3, and then chill out. And then yeah. you're bonded. For some reason, <laughs> you're just bonded. You know? Man, you just told maybe we got it made, Mike, just hanging out in an S3 yeah. tent with a bucket of beer all day. <laughs> we never had the stresses of like breaking shit. We if just see the teeth running back and forth, like, oh my God, do you know anybody that has a whatever? For them? We're just like, nah, bro, I don't know. If you man. don't know, all of us dudes that were working on the crew walk past you guys and all the fans that are looking at all the cars and drivers and everybody signing autographs. Nobody looks at the fucking crew members. And then there's you guys sitting there in the tents 
selling merch, talking to people, drinking beers, and we just stare <laughs> over at you guys, just glare at you. <laughs> like, it's coming, man. That's about right. About eight, somewhere, it depends on where we get knocked out in competition. I'm coming straight for your tent. I'm going to grab a couple beers, and that's it. <laughs> we need to keep that up. Just a trash can full of ice. Yeah, we need to Don't have a sign that that's point. like, crew members welcome. Yeah, we'll have just a like, separate cooler for you guys. There's like two lukewarm Tecates left. <laughs> At that point, you're like, I don't care, and you just take it straight to the dome. Just smash it in half, chew the can halfway apart. Yeah, like I got to get out of here. But the, why but do we? The, the why do we do this shit, man? Like we, me and me and Hunter. So the guy with the, the other dude with the hat. Like we were, um, we were, we were jeeping like two weeks ago out. You know, playing with jeeps out in the North Georgia mountains, and he loses his phone. Like somewhere, he jumped out of the jeep, and this thing is fucking gone. Like in the mud, in the woods, and it's gone. And at the time, I'm just sitting there, like while he's having his little panic attack. I'm just sitting there going. Why the fuck do we do this? Like yeah. nobody is making me. I'm not at war. Why am I out in the woods in a jeep? Like I don't have to be doing this. But then it's the funniest shit, you know. Yeah. Like a couple days later, you get home and you're like, "That was hilarious when you lost yeah. your phone," you know. So we found it, by the way. Um, <laughs> but that's what makes it funny, man. All the best stories come from the biggest freaking catastrophes in the moment. It's it's always failures, man, and it's. That's some of the stuff that I always remember is like how clever were we with some of the things we did. And that's what's cool about also the card culture is like, man, there's a lot of guys out there that know a lot of things. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. some situations that really test you. And you're like, I didn't know that this was going to work. And this is something that if you wrote it on a piece of paper, you'd be like, nah, it didn't work. <laughs> Not going to happen. But when you're out in a fucking parking lot in the middle of Tennessee, at like midnight, you got to get back to St. Louis to go to work in the morning. You're like, bro, I'm definitely going to rash and strap my transmission to that. No mount. Oh, and, and that's a true oh story God. that actually happened to me. I, I was driving. I drove Formula Drift Atlanta Pro-Am. And then the next day, I drove the triple threat event. And I lost my, my uh, trans mount ripped out. Just gone. Like my trains was like clack 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 clack, clack <laughs> hanging around in there, and I was like mid drift, like with like it was like Matt Powers and Dennis Marzanis and those guys. I was like in the middle, like I can't freaking crash right now, and my trains is just hopping. Jesus, I, was like, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> I came back to the pit, saw that that was gone. And I was like, dude, I gotta go to work tomorrow, <laughs> and I I live nine hours away, and uh, my buddy Jerry came up with a idea he's like dude just rash a strap it he's like just take that mount out and rash a strap it down and it'll hold it in place it won't move so i did it and it worked well and i drifted the rest of the day like an asshole <laughs> oh my god drifted the rest of the day drove all the way home with no issues and then showed up to an event a month later and completely forgot that that was even there <laughs> drifted that like, event too dude that last minute fix that we did with a ratchet strap under there. I was like, dude, that ratchet strap's still there. <laughs> my transmission on. I was like, you don't even need a transmission mount. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just like, just back on the forums, like, yo, your thing don't friggin' matter, dude. <laughs> ratchet strap that shit. Who cares? It, it was amazing. And that's the stuff you figure out when you're out in the field. <laughs> 
<laughs> what can work is a belt. What can work is a tie rod. There's all kinds of stuff. Like, oh, I can weld God. with a battery and jumper cables. Did you know that? <laughs> no, you didn't. What do you do? <laughs> so, that's yeah. insane. Oh, shit. Man, so what, like, grassroots drifting, where is it going on now? I mean, Atlanta's kind of just defunct. I tell you what, I don't know. Like, it seems like it's either big cloud events, uh, and then, like, that's that's what you have. You have uh, Final Bout and cloud events like that, where everybody shows yeah. up and everybody's popular and everybody has the coolest car. Or you have competition and everybody's got 9,000 horsepower and is the new top shit and they're all going pro too and they're going to be pro next year. Uh, <laughs> so there's not much. You just see scattered. Honestly, what I see uh, for grassroots style is more just old school dudes that are like, hey man, I'm going, I bought the track out this weekend. You want to come with me? <laughs> and that's kind of how it goes. And, that, and that's what I, I've honestly been doing that. Um, as of recent because the tracks are a lot of them are hurting right now yeah so dude you can get a track day for like 60 bucks like yeah i went out to willow springs the other day for 60 dollars damn like it was just me and amelia hartford and uh she's my buddy too she's like i was like yo i'm gonna go drifting this weekend she's like i'm going to willow springs i think it's like 60 bucks so we went out there and there was no one there it was just literally her and i it was like we have this whole place to ourselves. I think I played sixty bucks. It's like I did not bring enough tires or fuel or anything. Like I don't even know what to do. I had to like chill out half the day. I was like, I'm not used to this. like, oh dude, I gotta freaking let the car cool down. Usually I'm yelling in line like move, <laughs> stuff like that. But I was like, dude, I, I can't drift anymore. Like I, I'm literally like, I'm good. I'm, I'm my car can explode. Sources. Like. It was overheating. My power steering blew off. I, I like way overdid it. So I don't. I don't have enough ratchet straps with me today. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. I, did, I didn't bring a damn ratchet strap. But I don't think there's much in the way of grassroots. There out here, we're kind of lucky because uh, Apple Valley, uh, which was formerly Grange, um, there's always dudes out there. There's there's everybody goes out there. You know, I'd say on the weekends, and it's a weird group. It's not like there's a big grassroots event or anything. It's just like I'm going drifting this weekend, which is yeah. wild. It's like it's like going to a skate park, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of cool because we didn't have that back in the day, you know? Huh? It was like that you could just show up and go drifting. Like that's freaking rad. You had to wait for events or get somebody to organize it. And that was a big pain in the ass. So we're kind of spoiled with that. I mean, it's a couple hours away from me, but that's the closest thing I have. But it's still sick. It's in the desert, though. Damn it. <laughs> Dude, there's nowhere to hide. You're just in the sun all day. You're like, it's like, I got a 2JZ. The thing's overheating as soon as I started. Like, Shit overheats in the Jay-Z. winter. Yeah, dude, Jay-Z's just, that's what they do. They just overheat. And anybody that says they don't, they're lying. <laughs> or their gauge is broken. Their temp gauge is broken or not working. <laughs> they just don't know. Um, <laughs> cool, man. I'm trying to think of what else, man. What else do we yeah, need to talk about, dudes? We're just dudes. We've pretty much said everything, man. We're just kind of hanging out at this point. I think we're pushing close to an hour and a half, two hours in. Um, so I guess I forgot I to do this in the beginning. 
I don't What's even that? know what we talked about. I, I just blacked out this whole time. <laughs> Dude, we just throwing out, <laughs> man. That's the way to do it. We feel like on, I just we had we had some kind of schedule, not really, but we started talking about one thing and then we went straight to the next and then I took us in somewhere else and then Jonathan took us somewhere else and the hunter took us somewhere. You guys what do we even talk about? That's the way it goes, man. I do <laughs> zero I mean, prep it's... work. <laughs> yeah. This is like funny. I literally okay. So just to let you know, this is kind of how it goes. Mike texts me and he goes, Hey, we got any podcasts lined up? And I go, I thought about hitting up Danger Dan. He said he'd be down to be on. So I hit you up and I'm like, Hey, this is like Monday. I'm like, Hey, uh, Dan, you want to be on the podcast on Wednesday? And he's like, Sure, I'll be there. And then, you know, then I call Wooly literally 15 minutes before. I'm like, Hey, we got a podcast tonight. You going to be on? He's like, Yeah, I'm reading something. I'll be on. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. And sure enough, here we are. That's how it goes every so, single time. And the only reason Worse. I thought is because I I saw that you guys had talked to Scott Allender. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I I saw that and I was like, oh man, I just missed Scott's voice, so I listened. Oh my to god, yeah. Scott's the like, dude, man. He's my homie, dude. He's a, he's my buddy. I miss him so much. He's and, one uh, of those dudes, man. <laughs> like I thoroughly enjoy bumping into Scott Allender, <laughs> like any yeah. event. I you absolutely love him. The Dude, first time you I never met know him what you're going to get. Assist. Sometimes you get his alter ego. Huh? I said you never know what Scott you're going to get. Oh, if he's been drinking that claw. His alter ego like, is Frank, isn't it? He's fantastic. Frank. First time, yeah. first time I met Frank. <laughs> first time I met Frank. I was at Formula Drift Atlanta. And I was... I don't know who I was chasing. Somebody was going down the hill on uh, like the a cart as fast as it could go, like 100 miles an hour. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm fast, dude. I can sprint. I was sprinting. It was kind of rainy. I was sprinting downhill after this thing, and I tripped, and I ate it at, like, Ooh. optimal speed, right? And I just <laughs> slid down that pavement, down that huge hill at Rhode Atlanta. <laughs> and then just ripped all this skin off my arm. Still can't oh, grow like, hair down And, like... I, everybody's like, oh, we got to get that cleaned up. I was bleeding and dripping everywhere. And I was laughing about it. And I, I walked down in the first tent there. It was Grip Royal tent. And Scott's like, I got you. And I think he just poured vodka all over it. So <laughs> like, ah! Sounds right. Ah! It was so bad. I was just like, oh, God. And then he's like, here, drink some, then pour some, then drink some, then pour some. <laughs> and then... That, like at the end of that night, it was just Scott and I leaning against each other, like on, on a hill, just basically head to head, arm around each other, but almost passed out at the end of the night. And it was like ever since that was the first day I met him. And I was like, we we're just like best friends. Woke up, dude. We just become best up, friends. Yeah, just like woke up in the middle of nowhere. Like, what the hell happened? Hey man, you want to go to vacation with me? I was like, yes. <laughs> so good. Oh man, my dude. The most random that thing. So like, sounds like Scott, Scott man. Scott, if you're so listening good. to this right now, man. Yeah, I'm gonna make him do it. You I'm know what else is screwed up about end, bro. The other what? screwed up thing about that story is now I know two Hoonigan employees that have eaten shit at the <laughs> Road Atlanta pit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because the yeah. other one is a little drunken Nads trying to get in space oh. with people. Oh, yeah. okay. That dude that's is that's... fast too, man. Oh my god. <laughs> he was foot racing people. Yes, he was. Smoking dudes yeah. like in their 20s. <laughs> he sure was. Hilarious. Right zero chill, he didn't. Dude, absolutely zero chill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One time, I don't know, whoever was sitting Nads one day left him in our care. And he was totally not okay to be in our care at the time. And Wooly's like, what are we supposed to do with him? And the guy was like, I don't care. He has to be on a plane at 7 o'clock in the morning. Just get him there. It and was then before you have you ever seen Get Him to the Greek? It was like that. Yeah. He was like, he was like, I am putting him in your care. You and it, it was it was hilarious, dude. Naz is like I've enjoyed many a holiday with that man, and I work with him, so I I know what it's like. Yeah, dude, this. he's my role model. He's a great dude. He knows everything, and he knows everyone. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how he does it. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm tired from that kind of partying. <laughs> I know, dude. He does have some stamina. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, cool, man. Oh. All right. So, for Dan, for anybody who wants to find out more about you, uh, with like what your social media is, where can they locate you? So, uh, Instagram, you can find me at DangerDan3. And that's because uh, there's probably like seven or eight more Danger Dans out there that got there before me. You're the, you're the third one. And I will challenge them. I'll fight those guys. I don't care. Battle <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> No, I'll set up for it, though. DangerDan3 on Instagram. I don't know. You can find everything on, on YouTube for uh, Hoonigan from all of our seven channels. we got Hoonigan Project Cars, Bonus, all that. Follow me for Knuckle Busters uh, finishing that Camaro. Um, yeah, and hopefully I don't die in that thing. Yeah, good luck with that thing, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. And then <laughs> for so those of you listening, I was, I was supposed to do this at the beginning of the podcast, but I forgot because we were so excited to have Dan on and we're super organized like you heard or earlier. But uh, the new issue of the magazine is out, the coronavirus issue. Um, it's at, you can find it on www.s3mag.com. 20 bucks for two years plus a free t-shirt. So you're not going to want to miss that. Um, once again, thank you, Dan, for hanging out with us tonight. It's been a blast. Uh, but other than that, guys, we will see you next time. Peace out. <laughs>